The Sons of Liberty is a politically neutral organization. We believe that the Judeo-Christian ethic has provided the principles upon which this nation was founded. It is our belief that these principles provide not only the foundation and framework for American government and society, but are also essential to the maintenance of a fair and just society. All program content is based on a Christian biblical worldview. One of you said to me recently that we shouldn't rock the boat. Well, ladies and gentlemen, I want to tell you that I am a boat rocker. Good morning, America. Welcome, Christians, conservatives, constitutionalists, liberals, libertarians, communists, Islamists, LGBTQ, RSTUV, WXYZ people, all the boat rockers who are in the house, and anybody else I may have missed, too. The Sons of Liberty Radio Show here on Red State Talk Radio, where we use the Bible and the Constitution not to see who's on the right or the left, but who is on the straight and narrow. I'm your host, Tim Brown, coming to you live from the U.S. occupied state of South Carolina. And for our Muslim friends, I'm the infidel that Allah warned you about. I hold to the book, the Bible. As the authoritative word of God. Glad that you guys have joined us here for Rotten to the Core Wednesday. If you would like to check us out online, please do so. Sons of Liberty Radio.com and also Sons of Liberty Media.com. Uh, for those of you listening by Red State Talk Radio, if you would like to watch the video portion of the radio show, that's right, you can see the faces made for radio. Uh, go to Sons of Liberty Media.com. Scroll down right on the right side of the page, and we are streaming live. There's two videos on the side. The first one is Bradley. He comes on at 3 p.m., but you can see a show from yesterday. And then, <clears throat> excuse me, then mine is up under his. And uh, we're streaming live there. So if you want to uh, join us uh, watching the video portion of the show, you can do that on sonsoflibertymedia.com. You can also click onto it. Come over into the chat where we've got a lot of people this morning there. Great to see all you guys in the chat room as well. Also, if you go right above the videos on the right side of the page, there's a place where you can enter your email. You can subscribe to our newsletter. Now, we don't, we don't spam you. We don't rent your email out. We don't track and trace you. <laughs> we don't sell your email or any of that stuff. You get one email a day from SonsOfLibertyMedia.com. All the contributors that we have are in that email the archive that I tell you about, some of you, again, you asked for, you know, we, we played the video yesterday. You go, where can I find this link? Well, I, I put it in the chat, but some of you listening on the radio, you guys are probably saying, well, where can I find it too? So that is in the archive that I do. I, I form it like an article. We put all the information, if we cite articles, if we're playing videos, if we're putting out tweets or any of this other stuff, all of that information is put in a nice, neat little package You'll have the video portion of the radio show, the podcast, and all of that information there. So you can do your own homework. And, and you know, if you're trying to convince people, especially the stuff yesterday, that's a matter of life and death. You're trying to convince family members, friends about these things, then you need to be uh, be equipped with that information so that you can do so. Now, while you're at SonsOfLibertyMedia.com, if you agree with our message that we're and, – and we had this little uh, – a smart aleck guy, all these guys from NewsGuard are smart alecks, and sent us an email yesterday and said, well, you say 
that you're politically neutral, but you seem to have a lot of quote-unquote conservative opinion pieces. Yeah, and you guys know we take it to the Republicans just as much as the Democrats, right? So when we talk about politically neutral, what we're saying is we're not a Republican, a Democrat, or any of this other stuff. That's what we're saying. It's not that we don't have an opinion based on our foundation, which is the Bible and the Constitution. It's not we don't have an opinion on those things, and we state that, but the fact of the matter is when it comes to being political, we're not a Republican, we're not Democrats. We are, as our forefathers said, Christocrats. That's who we hold to, the the Lord Jesus Christ. So some people don't understand that. I want to make that clear as to what that means when we say we're politically neutral on that. There is no such thing as neutrality in coming down on issues, law, and such. There's no neutrality at that. But there is neutrality when it comes to party affiliation. So that's I want to make sure we're clear on that. If you agree with our message, though, there's a donate button at sonsoflibertymedia.com. You can click on that. You can make a one-time donation. Or you can partner with us monthly, become a son or daughter of liberty. There's a link there also, sonsoflibertymedia.com. And then our store has all kinds of products that you can pick up for yourself, for gifts, whatever, and they make great conver- uh, conversation starters. And that also helps to support the Sons of Liberty as well. So we appreciate your support, both prayers financially, you guys showing up every morning. I mean, some of you, I know you get up early and uh, and you're with us, and we appreciate your support very, very much. Now, <clears throat> we got a lot of stuff today, so we may run over. So, Brian, you're probably going to want to get that coffee pot and your straw. <laughs> Set it up there in your living room, bro. And uh, uh, Because Lynn's got a lot of stuff. In fact, she told me she has so much stuff that she's going to write a book on this. No, I'm, I'm teasing. But she probably will by the time she's done with it. Good morning, Lynn. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> well, one of the things that we, that we do know is you got a lot of stuff, so we got to get to it because I got a bunch of tabs open here, uh, information to show did. people, and uh, so I'm going to turn the floor over to you, Lynn Taylor. Okay, well, I hope everyone is doing well today. It is our final broadcast for uh, February 2021, so we will be carrying this conversation over into March, believe it or not, but we've got a lot of um news, Tim, that's coming at us hard and fast, especially with this new administration about race. And what we're seeing is it's not our typical conversation. This is actually being targeted against white people. Now, with that being said, let me say that God made us all the same. We all bleed red blood. We don't have blood that's any different just because of our our pigmentation. And God doesn't care about skin color. So my question is, why is our government nitpicking this to death to the point that they are politicalizing education in subjects like math or English or history or any of these other subjects that has no business? We have seen time and time again throughout uh, the Common Core Machine's reign where teachers are not teaching academics, they're teaching indoctrination. And it doesn't matter if you're in the public school, a charter school, a hybrid school, a faith-based school, or even homeschool. All this stuff is coming at you. If it's not coming at you through your curriculum and your resources, it's coming at you from your culture. And this is what is so dangerous. And what we're seeing is that um, 
It's not okay to be a certain skin color. Now, let me say, personally, I do not hold to any belief that any one skin color is better, smarter, or more godly than the other. Yep. Amen. Amen. In fact, just so we get that foundation in here, uh, the Bible tells us that God has made of one blood all nations of men for to dwell on all the face of the earth and hath determined the times before appointed and the bounds of their habitation, Acts 17, 26. He also took in the garden and he made one man and one woman. And from one, one <clears throat> from that one man and that one woman, the whole human race descended. Okay? So you're exactly right, you know, Lynn, and I, I see some of these guys, uh, they, they come on and they try to make the white race um, there is one particular site that I know of and somebody contributes there and their articles are longer than my house. Um, and, and it's all the same stuff. It's promoting this. It's a real white jury. It, I don't know wh- what to call it. Uh, but that's what they, that's what they promote. And, uh, and now we're getting it here and some people are asking communism. It's been around for decades. Yeah, it has been around for decades. You're exactly right. But what, what the communists do is they use this issue of race They'll call you a racist to shut down any kind of argumentation you're providing. They use it to humiliate other people, to dehumanize them. Some people use it against blacks. Some people use it against whites. Some people use it against Mexicans or Asian or whoever the case may be. But you're right. We are all made in the image of God. And, yeah, there are issues where there are people who have this mindset. And racism is a lot like the education system. It's based on evolution. And it sees that somebody is greater than the other. We have one race, folks. It's the human one. And if you really want to break races down, it's actually a spiritual issue. You're either children of God or children of the devil. That's the only, that's the only real separation of races that we have. Otherwise, it's the human race, and we all got characteristics because our daddy made us different. Okay, uh, Lynn, what, what do we got yes. going on here in the education system? Because, again, let's start off. Tenth Amendment says... You, you guys in government, you, you have no business in our education, uh, which has become indoctrination for our kids, and this is going to be part of their indoctrination. What do we got going on that they're infringing on now? Okay, um, it's the fact of, you know, how, um, how, let me see, trying to figure out how to say it. Um, the New York Post put it that we were supposed to be checking our whiteness is what it was. And this is from one school principal, but that's just in New York. We've got examples from Washington, Oregon, uh, Connecticut, and more the people in Connecticut are hopping up and down because of Biden's pick for the U.S. Secretary of Education, Miguel Cardona. And um, I'll get to that in just a minute. But then I've got people who are contacting me from Utah, North Carolina, and other places who are going, wait a minute. No, this is what I'm seeing in my state about um, unfairness and political politicalization and a certain doctrine that has no business being in any classroom. Now, let's remember, this is not just K through 12 education, Tim. This is all ages, all levels. Um, And in my article where we're going to talk, where this is going to be featured, you'll see it's starting in daycares. So we're not seeing this happen in just one sector. This is supposed to be an across the board. And largely what it does is it attaches itself one more time to the United Nations and their sustainable development goals. Because after all, 
uh, supposedly they are of the mindset that we're all humans and that, you know, as human rights, we're not supposed to be called Americans or Britain or British or, you know, any of the other nationalities. We're supposed to be global citizens. Well, somehow racism is tied into this global citizenship. And um, we will probably get into that a little bit more in like next week when we continue this particular conversation, because I don't want to lose where we are today. So we've got those examples that we're seeing coming up from different states. So if you are in a state where you are seeing any type of politicalization, especially for racism, please send the information to me so that we can get this out to the people because this stuff is gaining traction through Dr. Cardona's uh, selection as the U.S. Secretary of Education, and here's how. Because Biden is and his administration are trying to distance themselves as far as they can from anything that remotely resembled Trump's administration to the point of picking on Secretary DeVos's financial status as being very, very well off. And so here we have someone who grew up poor in housing projects and happens to be a Latino and has, you know, risen through the ranks of power. But if you look at the way he's risen through the ranks of power, it isn't mainly on his own prowess and academic excellence. It's through who do I know in the common core machine and how can they fund me? Yeah, it's sort of the, um, I forget what the thing is, but they were moving people up based on their skin color. What was that? What was that stuff? Or giving Affirmative them, action. Yeah, that thing. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so it sounds like he got he got a little push on his own. And of course, we all know that uh, if you don't vote for Joe Biden, they're going to they put you back in them chains. I mean, he can change on a dime to play that race card every chance he gets. And uh, I'm not surprised to see this uh, coming from his administration. They were already talking about race issues on the campaign trail. If there is anybody that drives the issue of race, it's not the American people. It's this guy. <laughs> Him and Barack Obama both uh, fueled the, 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 the animosity of people of different colors uh, more than anybody has. And I know people said that about Donald Trump. I didn't see that. I, personally, I didn't see that with him. And you guys know I'm critical of Donald Trump. But I really didn't see that with Donald Trump. I, but I, I see it with both of these guys. And uh, no doubt that Obama's going to come in here at some point, too, I'm, I'm pretty sure. And then we're going to really get it. But <clears throat> these guys hold to the uh, critical race theory and stuff like that that they're trying to push out there. And uh, right. so I, I'm not I'm not surprised, again, that he's going to fill his cabinet with people who believe in that stuff, too. Well, let's not lose the fact, Tim, that under Trump, Betsy DeVos also wanted to end racism. She also wanted to do some of the very same things that Cardona is coming in and saying, now, here's what I want to do. So we're seeing the same message but from two different people and from supposedly two different platforms. What I have proven in this article that I just wrote is that Cardona is recycling old um, Republican talking points from George W. Bush and his speech 
before the NAACP about No Child Left Behind, and he is using it as part of his platform for 2021 and beyond to supposedly erase the soft bigotry and the unfairness that is in education. Now, if this does not prove that we have unibrow politics or myopic Congress or myopic legislation, I don't know what will. Well, I don't. I don't either. I, I don't know what it's going to take to to demonstrate that uh, to people who uh, are not seeing that for what it is. So let's get into some of this. Um, you sure. you wrote an article yesterday, mm-hmm. um, and uh, do you want to start with that, or where do you want to pick up at? And let's let's start showing people what's th- going on there. Okay, um, I think if you want to show the article real quickly, we can go through that. I mean, everything that's going to be in the archive, you'll have this article, you'll have all the links, especially the one where I show you where Cardona uttered Bush's words and then where Bush uttered his words. Now, here's the thing. A speechwriter for George W. wrote that particular line, but has taken credit for it more so than than either um official, whether it be, uh, well, Bush camp, but anymore, but, you know, anyway, point of it is, and Cardona's now picking it up as his own. So anyway, this is the particular article, and in it, you will see where I show you all this evidence. You will see where I raise the questions about not only what Cardona is bringing to the table as far as racial background, but how it can be used through this administration to further this particular vent that we're seeing. You also will find um, article references to all the things that I've been talking about, the evidence from the different states. You'll see how Bill Gates is tied into this. You will see how the Dalio Foundation is tied into this. Um, all kinds of stuff is in this particular article. Um, and again, it's back at Congress's feet. They had one job to do, which was not to interfere in education. And because we're seeing this kind of stuff happen, especially with the Every Student Succeeds Act, this is why we're in the state we're in. Yep, absolutely, absolutely. So okay. when we when we um, break this down, this is I know some people yes. are going to be, they're surprised to know that uh, Bill Gates is, uh, is tied <laughs> to this. It's not like he doesn't have his hand in farmland, uh, fake food, vaccines, uh, climate change, now he's tied in with the uh, indoctrination sin- uh, system, too. Well, he's one of those people, Tim, as my husband likes to say, has more money than sense. Well, that's for that's for sure. <laughs> and I was making reference to that the other day, just over the vaccine thing, because a lot of the money that he's gotten from his foundations that he's so generous with is actual, actually other people's money. He's gotten it from yeah. governments and right. uh, grants and things of that nature that come out, too. Okay. Well, um, in the archive, you will see the link that I give for Biden's administration trying to distance itself as much as it can from DeVos. And then, like I said, you know, she wanted some of the very same things that Cardona did. She didn't get them. Do we really think Cardona's going to get them? Don't know. We'll have to see. Um, Now, here's the thing. This racism stuff that's going on and this politicalization that's going on in our subjects is tied to what we know as social and emotional learning and social justice. Now, Tim, you and I have done hundreds of shows on social and emotional learning and the social justice. And back in 2019, I showed 
everyone through a particular article, and I think we did an interview on it, just how bad this social and emotional is learning is, because what it's doing is it's reshaping attitudes, values, and beliefs, not from the family viewpoint, not from a biblical viewpoint, but from the educratic. And what I mean by educratic are these are the people who are put in positions of power for legislation who think they either know education or do know education but have sold out to the common core machine and are trying to dictate how education is shaped. Um, But I show you in that particular article just how toxic it is because what through the Every Student Succeeds Act, what happened with social and emotional learning is that it was used as a way to label everyone with some sort of issue so that schools could get more money and medicalize our population to no end using the school as a quasi-federally recognized hospital. A hospital? Mm Mm-hmm. So what better way to say, oh, yes, we need to check your attitude on what you believe about skin color. Are you kidding me? <laughs> Let's check your temperature. Make sure you got your mask on. And by the way, what's your skin color? And do you agree with other skin colors? Do you, or If you're white, are you not feeling shameful? You need to wear that shame muzzle on your face. <laughs> I mean, this is ridiculous. This is, it's, almost, it's almost comical, but I know it's a very serious thing. Right. Now, um, if you will, go to resource number three that I gave for you. It says Dr. Cardona claimed that Common Core was flawed. I want folks to see this is from Connecticut. This is from a publication up there. And this was in 2019 as well. It's called In His Own Words. So don't take my word for what Cardona is doing. Look at what he says himself. And this is really something. Okay, so there it is. Now, it tells you here what he thinks about bilingual education. All right, teachers. Now, if you'll go, I think, scroll down, you will see him say, I think that the Common Core standards are flawed, but they're still good for education. If you want to find that and read that for folks who are not able to see this. I am not seeing the specific quote here. Okay. Um. <clears throat> Well, I might have gotten the wrong resource. Uh oh. <laughs> yeah, it's, okay. it's not. It's not on that one. Um, okay. Well, but he I does. He you, does speak it... about Common Core goals here, and yes. he says there's mm-hmm. always room for improvement. I could find flaws yep, in parts are, right of them, mm-hmm. but at the end of the day, having high expectations and high standards for kids is a good thing. I don't know. <clears throat> you know, I don't know how taking a kid and saying eight plus three is thirteen. And mm-hmm. and that is a high standard. It doesn't even seem to me that that is a standard because the next kid can come along and go eight plus three is 15. And as long as you tell us how you got to that, well, then that's mm-hmm. all we really need to know. I mean, it's it's being right. it's it's being stupid and it's encouraging stupidity. I, I don't that doesn't right. seem like a high goal to me. Right. Well, that's that was his um uh, his own words about Common Core. Now, in that same article, you will see him mention his ties to the Dalio Foundation. And what we need to understand about the Dalio Foundation is this is a foundation that's based in Connecticut. And we have one more time, these billionaires, the Dalio family, 
who are messing in public education, they're messing in technology, climate change, all these other things, and they're using their money to do it. And what is so bad about the Dalio Foundation is that the um, the man, Ray, I believe his name is, he is also tied to Bridgewater Associates. And my friend and fellow warrior, Allison, over at Wrenching the Gears, uh, has been able to tie Bridgewater not only to the United Nations in relation to the Fourth Industrial Revolution and how that's going to tie into algorithms and where racism can be used in that as well, but it's also going to tie into the World Economic Foundation as a corporate or foundation partner to continue to shove this fourth industrial revolution down our our throats to where we are turned into bitcoins and cryptocurrency and where every aspect of our lives is going to be managed somehow through data points. And if we don't have the same attitudes, values, and beliefs, then we're going to somehow be penalized. What it is, is it's think of it as the uh, Chinese uh, social credit system, but this is way worse. What it sounds like to me is where they want to take us is what we would see in something like the film The Matrix. Now, now a lot of people say we're in The Matrix now, but it seems to me that's where they're they're leading us is to mm-hmm. use us in some fashion to power their machinery, to to produce stuff for them. Um, and as long as we're out of the way, uh, they can hook us up to the system in whatever way, and they're doing it through education. That's the primary means. This is why I say, right. people, when Lynn, when you come on and you give this information, this is, for most people, it's very, it, it seems boring. It doesn't seem like it has an impact for them. It's not the red meat that they're usually being fed. This is the stuff of where they're getting people. This right here, the indoctrination, is where they're getting people. And I think this is exactly why the, the founders didn't give any authority to the federal government to be dealing and dipping into education, shaping the minds of of children and and that kind of thing. Not that government should be doing it in the first place. Right. Well, the World Economic Foundation, what we need to understand about them is that they control the money. And if you control the economics, which education is, has been turned from academics into an economic tool, Um, What we need to understand is that because they drive the economics, they can can drive the control, they can drive what's going on. But let's not lose the fact that through the sustainable development goals of the United Nations, that one of the things that they knew when they were coming up with these, and this is a toolkit that was created out of the University of Tennessee, this toolkit was that education was to be the the chief change agent, not for just our schools that are public, but for our entire communities, because no one would suspect education could be so dastardly. And if we felt like the changes were coming from us and from within, we would certainly accept it more so than if we said, oh, well, you know, the United Nations wants us to do this, this, and this, but change it up to the conversation of, oh, no, our government, our American government, wants us to do so and so what are we seeing we're seeing people line up in droves to follow that american government no matter what it is because they know it they're they're comfortable with it whether it it whether it penalizes them or not they don't care just that they know that it's not the united nations but what they're not understanding is it's the same it's it's the same thing 
Right, right. They're just they've just repackaged it because they they know the right. one way won't work with Americans. It's right. like everything else. Uh, when we see the stuff going on across the the pond as it is over in the UK with the COVID mm-hmm. thing, they 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 have a lot more boldness there to do to the people what they're doing than they actually do in America. Even though some of the, the governors have done that, they've learned the same thing about education. You've you've got to have a way to pitch it to the people to make it sound like it's their idea and. You know, you're appealing to them to do that. I, I th- right. This is one of the things I think Donald Trump was so good on. He could appeal to people things that they thought they were supporting that were good and constitutional when the exact opposite was true. And I think we saw that throughout his administration, saying a lot of things that sounded good, like the 1776 Project. Who who can be against that? We're going to learn American history. Of course, you're probably going to learn that Lincoln was the greatest president ever, and that's wrong. But <clears throat> you know it, that well, was pushed, and that was unconstitutional too. In his, not at the federal level where he's dealing with his people, but as far as pushing it through education on America's kids, it's a violation of the Tenth Amendment. Well, let's point out one thing about that 1776 Commission, Tim. It was Trump's answer through an executive order to combat racism from the 1619 Project. Now, neither one of these, 1619 or 1776, have any business in education because they're both wrong. I agree. And that doesn't mean that I don't love America. It doesn't mean that I don't believe in, you know, the founding fathers or any of that. It means that you have government control coming in, trying to answer something that wasn't government control, that by our First Amendment rights should be there, but it shouldn't be the only thing that's taught. It's kind of like... Um, and I'm going to open Pandora's box here. It's kind of like creation versus evolution. If you're going to teach one, you might as well teach the other because one is fact, one is theory. But to be fair through the First Amendment rights, if you're going to be silly enough to put it in education, then present both sides. Don't be so uh, prejudiced that you're only going to accept one as gospel truth when the exact opposite one is the gospel truth, if that makes any sense. Yeah, one of the things that uh, that we can we know is that both sides will present whatever they're going to present that they're going to hold on to, and mm-hmm. there may be truth within both of them. Sometimes right. truth is on just the one side. Sometimes that's right. that's the case, but there can be truth in the other. And one side wants to to not talk about certain things that are true because it makes them look bad. Uh, and then the other side will do the same thing. So I agree with you that sometimes we have to look and see, okay, yeah, they're saying this right here, but it's it's all this other stuff that's being done. But when we talk about government intervention in this, mm-hmm. that's mm-hmm. what I'm saying. This this right. is a this is a it's a it was a bad decision to do that, right. just like uh, Biden Biden's choice here for the well, education. Well, we have so secretary. many people arguing. Well, you know, history is only written by the victor. Well, not necessarily so. You have some history that has been. Uh, corrected by research. And one of the points I want to make to this, and then we need to get back on our, our, our topic, is that if you really want to know the true history of America's founding, you don't need to look at what the pilgrims wrote. You don't need to look at what um, those who uh, were former slaves wrote, look at it, but don't accept it as the only thing because evidence and documents have now been found from the Native American perspective that put a whole nother spin on everything we were ever taught 
And if you want to talk about someone who was done wrong, if you want to talk about someone who's been overlooked, that entire population has been totally by our government served the rawest form of disrespect and just criminal activity and gone unpunished. I absolutely agree with you. Uh, we, we need to have a, a time where we do that. And, and people wonder why they get out and pro- protest certain things and then they get labeled as the bad guys because they're in the way of progress and blah, blah, blah. But they, the, those people have been done uh, extremely wrong. Now, you know, to take a biblical perspective, um, a lot of the ancestor worship and things of that nature, guys, I'm just going to say I'm not trying to justify what men did to them. But I'm saying God's a just judge, and you know He uses men all throughout history. He used Nebuchadnezzar against His people, Israel. He used the Romans against Him. You were talking about somebody rewriting history. Um, you, you know, I've read from Josephus. Uh, he was not on the winning side. He was captured mm-hmm. by the Romans, but he wrote history uh, in his books uh, that I have compiled all in, into one. So you're exactly right in those kinds of things that we've got to. And Thomas D. Lorenzo, let me put that out there. We've had him on the show. He's brought up so much stuff on Lincoln that people think he is just on another planet who've never heard it, and they think he's a liberal. Mm-hmm. He's a con- he's the furthest thing from any of that stuff. But right. uh, but you're but you're right. There's some, a lot of the stuff we need to take a look at. All right, we're back Absolutely. on topic. <laughs> okay, um, I want to point out U.S. Senate is really really pushing for Dr. Cardona to become the new Secretary of Education. And if you'll go to um, the link on number seven, Tim, we can show that as well. Now, anytime your Senate is pushing for one person over anybody else, but let's let's face it. Cardona Welcome back. The Connecticut's Education Commissioner Dr. Miguel Cardona Whoops. was on Capitol Hill I do not today. know. He, of course, okay. appeared before members of <laughs> the Senate. This is one of those has- things. I'm sorry. This is one of those things where you go to the page and it just starts I know. It's okay. It's okay. Now, the only person who has even been picked has been Dr. Cardona. So we, the people, don't even get an opportunity to weigh in other than what the Senate wants. And right now, what the Senate wants is for all of us to stand up and say, yes, Dr. Cardona. Yes, Dr. Cardona. Well, you know, and I've, I've got other friends who are national bloggers. Some of them are choosing to wait to see what he does. Others are going, oh, yes, he's the greatest thing since sliced bread. And I'm sitting here telling you not so fast because here is what I have found. Here's what the people who live with what he did in Connecticut are saying. And this is not the guy you want. But yet the Senate is jumping up and down going, yes, we want him. Yes, we want him. Now, the reason we're looking at this particular resource, Tim, is because, again, like I said, they are pushing for this man to become the next secretary of education, and it will tell you why. So if you want to pick out a, a <clears throat> one or two and let folks hear that, and then we'll move on. Uh, well, let's go to uh, the illustrious U.S. Senator Patty Murray. Uh, oh, <clears throat> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Dr. Codona is a proven <clears throat> collaborative leader, a champion of public schools. And an, that right there ought to tell you you don't want him in there. And an excellent choice to lead the Department of Education through the challenges ahead. Um, what else do we have? We've got uh, oh, Richard Chris Burr. Murphy. Chris Murphy. Yeah, oh. that, well, we'll get to Chris Murphy here, too, because yeah. that, okay. guy, that guy's a piece of work on his own. Here's yeah. Richard Burr. He's from your state. Uh, oh, yeah. Dr. Cardona has a background, qualifications, temperament to serve as Secretary of Education. You know, I remember when Richard Burr was touted as a, 
a really great conservative concept. I remember when people used to he talk about him. He is such a rhino. Yeah. He stressed the need for students to get back in school, and that's now finally a bipartisan mission. It's none of your <laughs> business, federal government. I mean, read your Constitution. The Ninth and Tenth Amendment, do, they, they tell you, we didn't give you authority for that. That's not in Article One. So what do you what is this thing? Of course, it's bipartisan because all you people are criminals up there. You're working together against the Constitution, against people. Well, let me let me speak to the reopening schools for just a second. OK, yes, that is. And you and I did a show on this last week. If you'll remember how the U.S. Department of Education is going to reopen schools uh, through covid and, and we got into all that. So we can put that particular link in the archives as well. But it's because Biden's administration through Cardona, this is going to be one of his priorities. But we need to understand that through the show we did last week, we pointed out to how the assessments, the testing, not only for academics, but through COVID would increase. And people are already picking up on the fact of Biden going, he was going to get rid of the assessments. So now we have memes popping up of Biden, keep your promise, no more testing and things like that. Um, that testing, as you and I went over last week, it's not going away. It will increase. And now it will increase not only, like I just said, for academics, but for your COVID. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Let me let me read this uh, this quote here sure. for, uh, from Senator Chris Murphy. This is Mr. Gun yes. Grabber himself. OK. Right. Um, and by the way, they, they list here he's a member of the U.S. Senate uh, Health, Education, Health. Labor and Pensions Committee. And um, he voted for his nomination, uh, Cardona's, and he says, My friend Miguel will make a great secretary of education, and that's evident by today's overwhelming vote in committee. Well, wait a minute. How do you determine somebody's going to make a great secretary of education, something that's unconstitutional in the first place, because some people voted for him? How does that, how does one work with the other there? That doesn't make sense to me. The second thing is, uh, he says, Miguel is respected by both Democrats and Republicans alike. And has a plan to put our students and educators first. He, it's not his, look, it's not the federal government's job to do any of that. He is committed mm-hmm. to making sure schools open safe, operate safely. And no, he's not. He's, he's for probably pushing the, and I, I don't even know the guy, but if he's being pushed by these guys, he's probably for the gun-free zone. So he's not interested in your school operating safely. Uh, as we navigate out of the pandemic and addressing the inequities that have been exacerbated by COVID-19, which has never been proven to even exist. I look forward to a quick bipartisan vote in the Senate to confirm his nomination. So the Democrats are doing, or it's not just the Democrats, this is bipartisan. They're doing the same thing with this guy. That 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 that's played that was played with the Kavanaugh thing, with the Amy Coney Barrett, with all these people to play them up uh, as though they're the answer to get people behind it. Just like you said, to to get behind them and cheer them and say, "Oh yeah, this guy ought to go in there." And you know what? I see. I don't see anybody ever standing up and really pushing back and saying, "No, we shouldn't have these people in this position." One, because it's unconstitutional for that position to exist, and two, because they're not even American in their perspective of government and what they're going to be doing. Okay. But let's point out one other thing. If I'm going to sit here and say, yes, this is the man for the job. I'm going to give you what you want to hear. I'm not going to give you everything. And what I mean by that is 
They are so hyping up the thing about reopening and the disparages that have happened because of the loss of learning during COVID and all this other kind of stuff. What they're what they're doing is they're diverting you from his other seeds of discord, which is this um, platform to use education as a bully pulpit for racism, economics, and uh, all the stuff that connects the two. Yep, I can see that. I can see Okay, that. let's go on to, um, let's see here. Yes, number eight, that Cardona is just the man to use racial and economics to reshape education. Now, anytime any educrat says, I'm going to reshape education, we should not just wake up. We should be jumping up and down. Okay. This, again, this is, is from, from the Connecticut. CT yeah, the CT mirror mm-hmm. here. Mm-hmm. That's it. Okay. State to education committee. Yep. There's his picture. They used a real big picture on that thing. They you, you did. Need like, you need they like did. two screens to pull that guy up. <laughs> <clears throat> okay. So get wherever you want to, wherever you want to start. Um, and again, all these links will be there. So everybody, if you want to read everything that's there, you can. Let's take a couple of, let's take a couple of the statements that he made here in this sure. article. Uh, the experience motivated the teachers to get to know their kids better and be more actively involved in the community as new teachers. Um, now, they say this is for, let's see, um, he was going to take teachers on a new tour of the city's neighborhoods. He did it because he wanted the teachers to understand the diversity of their students from those living in half-million-dollar homes to those from housing projects. You know what? I... I, I don't den- I don't deny that getting to know students is is probably a good thing. I, I don't deny that. But the fact of the matter is, whether you do all that or not, you have a job. That job is to come in and teach math, and you're going to teach math to the guy who is living in the million dollar house or the guy who's you know they're living in a shack somewhere. That they're you're teaching the math doesn't change depending on where the person's coming from. History doesn't change depending on where the person you know their their affluence in the society whatever. Uh, so that's what he's talking about when he says uh, be more actively involved in the community as new teachers. Um, now he comes from a housing project. That's what mm-hmm. we're told here. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's forty four years old. He believes strongly in family community as well as in the potential for each child to be successful. Um, he's the state's first Latino commissioner of education. And then he talks about being the victim of stereotyping. Okay. He says for Latino children from communities that are below the threshold of poverty, you know, you're not typically thinking the data doesn't suggest that they're going to be the next principal of the school or state education commissioner. There were times throughout my youth that I think people had lower expectations than they should have. It just made me hungrier. It's not lost on me the significance of being the grandson of a tobacco farmer who came here for a better life, who despite having a second grade education was able to raise his family and create that upward mobility cycle. Well, let me just say something here. There are a lot of white people who did the same thing. They were tobacco farmers. (laughs) And they raise their families. This has nothing to do with this guy being Latino. I mean, it really doesn't have anything to do with that. 
And but let me po- go let ahead. me point out, if I may, I'm sorry, I, I, I interrupted. And I'm so sorry, no, but fine, I just wanted fine. while you were saying that, here's why him being in this position is so dangerous is because it's that same attitude that somehow education is different for one person than it is for the other because of their economic status. This is where we're seeing it pop up that math is racist. This is where we're seeing it that this is racist because all these people. Um, on this one side of the spectrum can really do well. And all these other people on this other side can't. Well, here's the thing. Go back to the movie Hidden Figures. Okay. Three ladies with dark skin color from the state of Alabama were able to dust the floor with all the highly educated white skinned people that were in NASA. So do not tell me that there are people that just because of skin color, you cannot learn math. I will, I'm here to tell you math is a language with a certain pattern. And if your brain, no matter what your skin color is, cannot understand that pattern, it won't make a difference. And you know why I know this, Tim? Because I am one of those people who does not understand math and look at my skin color. Amen. <laughs> Amen. No, you're exactly right. And there are there are skill levels that are known by a variety of people. There are um, the ability. We were talking. I was speaking with. We're going to have um, Franklin Sanders on from the Money Changer probably on Friday. I'm going to try to do the re the the, the pre record with him tomorrow. And this was, I think, something that we were talking about yesterday. The, the great minds uh, and commentators of the day, they, they span the gamut of skin colors, uh, ethnicities, and all of that. We talked about people like Thomas Sowell. I mean, he's a brilliant mind. People like Alan Keyes. I mean, the guy is so smart. It's, it's like when you're listening to him, it's like, could you slow down just a bit? I mean, I yeah. agree with most. And then you, you find other people on the other side who can't, who, you know, I struggle to put two sentences together sometimes. And so you're exactly right. This has nothing to do with our skin color. I think it has a lot to do with how we're applying ourselves because there are, uh, within our own family, I see in my children, not everybody's great at math. Uh, matter of fact, most of my kids don't like math at all. And there are other kids who love, they just mm-hmm. love to learn. My oldest daughter, she says, I just like to be a professional student. I mean, that's her mentality. She just likes to learn. And, um, and there's nothing wrong yeah. with that. And we're supposed, that was something that God instilled in us was to be able to continue to learn because that's how you continue to grow. And, you know, this is one thing that I told my kids, even with the not being able to understand math. As we homeschooled, I told them, look, there's always going to be help out there for you. Help is not a, it's a four letter word, but it's not a bad one. So as long as you have help, even if you're not great at whatever it is, or maybe you don't understand it, there's going to be someone out there to help you understand it. And you know what, Tim, that has come to fruition, not only time and time again for my children, but for myself. And I've seen it happen with countless of families, regardless of skin color. Okay. So let's not get off um, on that too much. Cause I know we still have some other stuff and people are probably like, Oh no, we're, we're getting lost in the weeds. <laughs> okay. I want us to go to number eight, where we see Miguel Cardona uttering the words that George Bush did, because what we're going to do is, 
I don't know if you can do it side by side. It would be lovely if you could. But we've got Miguel Cardona using George W. Bush's same words uh, years and years apart. And that will be under eight. Okay, Um, that's on the same article here, right? uh, No, it's number eight. It's 8A, I'm sorry, 8A. 8A, okay, so I guess that would be this one. Education ideas, sorry. (laughs) Okay, all right, no problem. Okay, they were forged in Connecticut. Sorry. All right, you see that? His ideas were forged in Connecticut. Can you you answer me one thing? When did GW go to Connecticut and, and do this speech? I have no idea. Okay, so now he's bringing them to Washington. Okay, so so pull, so keep going. Okay. All right. Now it's somewhere in there. He says the soft bigotry is what we're looking for. All right, I'll just look it up. There it is. There it is, right there. All right, so read that little paragraph, please. Uh, throughout his career, Cardona has focused on being the countervailing force mm-hmm. to what he and some education scholars and politicians called the normalization of failure or the soft bigotry of low expectations. Okay. Now, without fail, jump over to the one where GW has it. And that's the very next resource. It's from the Racial Equity Institute. Okay. Okay. And there you see it. The soft bigotry of low expectations through what? Mathematics education. Mm Mm-hmm. Now, if you will, that first paragraph, please. The phrase, the soft bigotry of low expectations, was coined by President George W. Bush in 2000 in a speech to the NAACP that marked the launching of the No Child Left Behind Act. Uh, Bush asserted, quote, discrimination is still a reality even when it takes different forms. Instead of Jim Crow, there's racial redlining and profiling. Some of this is hard to read because they have gray text on the the white thing. Right. Um, Okay, so he says, instead of separate but equal, there is a Mm -hmm. separate and forgotten. Uh, That's from George W. Bush's speech to the NAACP in 2000. After promising that his administration would enforce civil rights, Bush announced that he would be confronting, quote, another form of bias, the soft bigotry of low expectations. He acknowledged that educational achievement gaps fall along socioeconomic and racial lines, but evaded discussing any systemic causes of these gaps. Now, Arnie Duncan, John King, Betsy DeVos all tried to do the same thing as far as preaching this this incorrect gospel of education okay now i know that we're coming up on the break uh, we've got much more that we need to go over i don't know if we want to take the um, minute or so to uh, talk about the critical race theory because the critical race theory is what all this garbage yep. is falling under and it is not the same as the civil rights movement and i saw that on sons of liberty one of our fellow contributors did an entire piece on critical race theory. This is where people are getting confused. Critical race theory is the new racism um, supposed tool. It's not the civil rights. And if we want to do that real quick, if that, but that's up to you. Um, well, we got about four minutes before we have to cut off from the radio. So okay. We can do that. All right. So let me set the context for this and then we'll, we'll play this little clip. Okay. This person, who's speaking. His name is Dr. James Lindsay. He has a PhD in math education, Tim. 
So he is speaking on something that typically would be handled by a sociology uh, uh, PhD or a sociology professor. But the reason why this math PhD is investing his time in research into critical race theory is because he has come up against the ugly side of education being used as an indoctrination tool. And that's where we will go into our clip. You had a question? Yes, Madam Chair. Oh, 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 um, oh, no, thank you for taking 10. my question. I think I know who you are. Are 10. you the same James Flynn? Sorry? That's not the right one. That's the one where he's going to defend himself. We'll get to that one. Okay. But the, the one that I wanted you to use was number 10. It's the new discourses. We're going okay. to start at the beginning and go to the 104 timestamp. Okay. All right. okay. Let me load that one up because it was sure. a thirty. It was a thirty-minute thing, and uh, it's so- a thirty-minute podcast that people will be able to access yep. and do their own homework. But I want them to hear the beginning to the the first minute. The problem is, it is not coming up. I, it was still loading. okay. All it right. Still loading. Well, what he will tell you in this particular thirty-minute podcast is that critical race theory is not only not the same as the civil rights movement, but that it, it everything connected to critical race theory is egregious and toxic. Okay. And now if you want to go to the YouTube, now let me set the context for the one that you are about to play. This is from, this is a zoom meeting of North, uh, excuse me, um, New Hampshire legislators peppering Dr. Lindsay, the same PhD doctor over um, his stance on, on where he is with critical race theory. Okay. It's interesting. All right, here we go. Lindsay, that is on Twitter as at Conceptual James. Yes, that's me. Okay. Madam Chair, I know that this is going to be a difficult question, but I'm asking it since he claims to be a national expert and mean no offense to the committee in in my question. But uh, Mr. Lindsay, isn't it true that you have been... um, uh, I guess, examined as someone who has issued death threats against the Jewish community and and prominent Jewish activists? That is not relevant to this bill. I mean, I'll speak to that because it's false, and my name is Dr. Lindsay, uh, if you don't mind. And you're a math professor, correct? Not a sociology professor? I am a PhD in mathematics who's been studying the relevant academic literature full-time, 16 hours a day, most days of the week for the past three years. And isn't it true you're affiliated with a national white? Representative Schultz, I've muted you. That that question. The answer to that question is also no. I am affiliated with absolutely nothing of the sort. I can name the organization she's probably trying to uh, insinuate bad things about to try to impugn my motives, but that organization is neither white nor nationalist. It's in fact run by a half Cuban and half of its board is Asian. Thank you. I just want to say that because many of the opponent or many of the proponents of this bill are claiming that those who oppose this are racist, isn't it important to understand, since this is all ideologically driven, if someone is actually affiliated with a group that is believed to be by the Southern Poverty Law Center a white supremacist group? Well, the Representative Schultz, not necessarily, and I think we will not. I do not believe. I got to pause here for just a second, okay. guys. We're going to sure. close out the show. Uh, you guys on Red State Talk Radio will be going a few minutes over. Get your extra cup of coffee. We'll see you on the other side. 23 hours to be back with you, Lord willing. 
6 a.m. Eastern Time tomorrow. See ya. Okay, want to welcome everybody coming over from Red State Talk Radio uh, with us. And uh, I didn't. I was I was so into what this lady's saying because if you ask me, this representative Chris Schultz uh, is is a useful idiot here trying to go after this guy, and she has the audacity to quote the Southern Poverty Law Center, the biggest hate group in America, as though they are an authority on Dr. Lindsay. I'm glad he corrected her on that. I'm glad he put her in her place. Let's let's finish up this clip here. I believe that either the supporters or the proponents of this bill are racist, and I would not make that assumption. Thank you very much. May I have one moment to say something about that? Because it is germane. It's germane. Uh, yes. So it is important to understand that one of the one of the beliefs of critical race theory is that all criticism of critical race theory comes from a place of racism or white supremacy, whether that's intentional or unintentional. When it's unintentional, they call it willful ignorance. Uh, they they suggest, and I can give you a list of citations a, a mile long. We could talk about Barbara Applebaum's being white, being good. We could talk about Robin D'Angelo's white fragility. We could talk about uh, Allison Bailey's paper about privilege preserving epistemic pushback. The belief in critical race theory is that any disagreement with critical race theory must come from motives that uh, wish to support uh, white supremacy and racism. And in fact, they say that people who benefit from that by virtue of the color of their skin or because they are selling out if their race is other than, say, white or what they term white adjacent, um, have have, uh, little motivation to disrupt their own racial comfort. That's their words and therefore have a strong motivation to oppose critical race theory for self-beneficial, ultimately racist reasons that help to uphold that alleged racist white supremacy uh, system that they claim is the ordinary operating system of society. So it's very important to understand that it's impossible to disagree with critical race theory uh, without being accused of being a racist or a white supremacist, and you get used to it after a while. Okay. That's absolutely. Is that not eye-opening? Yeah, that's well. You know, I'm I'm pretty familiar with a lot of this stuff. The guy that uh, what was the guy's name? I think it was Derek Bell. I think he was at Harvard. Uh, Obama had went, you know, was under him. That was the big quote-unquote bombshell that came out after, like a week or two after Andrew Breitbart fell dead. Uh, was that Obama was caught on film introducing his good friend, guy who was his mentor, blah, 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 Derek Bell. And Derek Bell was the one who who sort of um, formed this critical race theory stuff. And the guy you're talking about who wrote on the site has covered a lot of that kind of stuff. Uh, David mm-hmm. Rizzolata, uh, who has uh, his own site, defenseofournation.com, he's written on a lot of that stuff because he's delved into it. And he's come to the same conclusion that I'm hearing from Dr. Lindsay here right. of, of how it's being done. And if you challenge that, then you're mm-hmm. a racist. You don't want to hear us. And it's not that you don't want to hear people. It's just, dude, if you're yeah. off your rocker here on this kind of stuff, then you need to be called out just like any I don't, white person who would be doing the same thing needs to be mm-hmm. called out. Right. Well, let's go to the New York Post article because I want, if folks have not seen this, this is what has um been given to me by at least three or four different people. There it is. Uh, And if you want to enlarge that, you can. Um, But this is the principal who sent home the awareness sheet, if you will, about how how white you are or aren't. Now, let me ask you something. Is this guy, is he not, would he be considered white or is he something else? I, I don't know. 
Uh, no, he would not be. Really? Really. I mean, he just looks like a regular old white guy to me. You know, you ask, <laughs> I'm telling you. <laughs> well, I, I no, assume but, because he's putting out something like this, he's he probably doesn't identify that uh, way if we're doing this kind of stuff or whatever. What you need to understand about this principal, Principal Furter, is that he is in the New York City school system and in uh, I think it was 2019, uh, that same school system um, for the entire city spent $23 million to racially train teachers, but not in a good way. And so you've got the links that are embedded in that particular article that will take you to the particular um, worksheet that he sent home with these students so that they could have their families get on the right side of, of racism. This is absolutely incredible. I, <laughs> I'm sorry. I just I, I kind of think to me this um, this is this is absolutely incredible. This this little gauge here, the eight white identities, white supremacists, white voyeurism, white privilege, white benefit, white confessional, white critical, white traitor, white abolitionist. It, it's I got to tell you, I'm 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 almost humored by it. It's so stupid. Uh, and this guy is a Northwestern University associate professor. Barner the, has the man. Go ahead. Yeah, the the professor who came up with this particular, not the principal. The principal just handed it out. Yep. The man who who did the curriculum is a professor from Northwest University right. in Illinois. Yeah, mm-hmm. and and that's what I'm saying. This is a yeah. this folks, if you wonder why we're in why we're in the pickle we're in, it's largely due to what's going on in education. It's largely due to that. You've had uh what are we looking at now, Lynn? Four decades. Since Reagan set up this thing with the Soviets, uh, not that education was doing that great before that, but it really took a dive after this. And now you actually have an associate professor at Northwestern University who puts out the eight white identities. Then this is called higher learning. It, to me, mm-hmm. it's higher indoctrination because mm-hmm. I don't know what is learning about this at all. I mean, could we not take, honestly, could we not take and flip this over and say, I don't know, it depends on where you're at. I, I guess it would depend on where you're at. Maybe uh, if you go down to Mexico, you could say uh, Latino privilege, Latino benefit, Latino confessional. Because if you're a person from a different culture, a different ethnicity going in, then what would you have? Would, would you have these things? I mean, I just I find it laughable in America where, you know, we have very wealthy well-off blacks, Latinos, whites, a a mixture of the culture who are very well-off. Some of them are very well-educated. Many are very successful. And yet, you got some Yahoo up here at Northwestern University as an associate professor putting out absolute elementary toddler temper tantrums, is what I see it as, uh, against people who have light skin. It's just incredible to me. Well, let's hop over to the University of Oregon because they put together a social and emotional 
uh, PBIS training session. Now, what PBIS stands for is Positive Behavior Intervention System. And Charlotte Eiserbite and Anita Hogue have done countless hours of research into how damaging the positive behavior um, intervention systems are. And this is tied to the social and emotional. If you would go to slide number 13, that's the one I want folks to see because this was embedded in this particular um, presentation that was given. All right, you see neutralizing for staff, keep going. All right, keep going. All right. This is a 15 of 18, yep. so I don't know which slide right, is hang what. On. <laughs> hang on. Up. Oh, let's see here. No, keep going. Keep going. Okay, we've gone too far. Sorry. <laughs> All right. I'm looking for the slide that talks about the um, supremacy. Okay. Everybody's going to get to see everything then. That's good. I know they are. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. okay. All right. You see the cones? Let's stop for just yep. a second. You see the cone? We have used that not only in my articles, but on our show. That's where everyone gets lumped into this tier of being labeled according to your not only mental health status, but, you know, um, your attitudes, values and belief and to how much help you need from the government, how much help you don't need. OK, mm. the particular slide I'm looking for does talk about the um, wait a minute. Is that it? Oh, I'm so sorry. I had it where I knew exactly it did, what? Let me see if it's in the email here. Now, which which one we're looking at? Okay, uh, here? it is. Slide, all right, you, it, just you were on the right. <laughs> you were on the right um, resource. It is just number slide thirteen. Is all right. I, I jumped to to the, to the okay. page. So that's oh, one. I saw it. Bias and race. Bias and race. There's yeah, four. Wait. There's eight. There. Wait a minute. Let's. If you'll right up here. Okay. That's like that's eight of them. Yeah. This will be okay. 12, and that's 13 right here, I guess. Um, wait a minute. Is that it? Let's see. Go back up. Sorry. Nope. Nope. There it is. In, uh, da, 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 da. I don't know. Anyway, the whole presentation is going to be laced with that. That was my point. And the one slide I wanted us to see, it was there in black and white. You could see the words. And this is from another higher institution of learning. No supposedly. pun there but, in black and white. No, no pun yeah. there. But um, this is supposed to be used on children, not only in public education, but those in private and homeschool who are using services in their community that are tied to all this. As well. And by the so way, let's let's where... point out that this is coming out of the Communist University of Oregon. I mean, I remember when we were covering the, the standoff up there. Oregon is is very much there are area there are pockets of that that whole state that is just. I mean, I had right. people explaining it to me that they were fearful of even telling reporters what was going on in their town because of the retribution they would face from speaking yeah. out the truth. It's, it's So this is coming out of Oregon there. Um, mm -hmm. So, yeah. Yeah. Now, for next week, I can tell you that we're going to be looking at Utah. We're going to be looking at North Carolina because um, one of the state board of education leaders in Utah is one of my friends, and she and I trade information, and she has just been aghast at what she's seen come across through the state of Utah, not only in the, the name of reverse racism, but of political ideology that is being given to our children as they walk down the halls of either schools or libraries or museums or things like that. 
Let's take, uh, before we end the show, let's take this last article that you sent over from the okay. Western, Western Journal. Uh, sure. This is out of Oregon, too. Uh, mm-hmm. Public school teacher, systemic racism exists. It's from liberals who think minorities can't learn because of, everybody say it together, white supremacy, right? And it's, this is absolutely incredible. Um, the Oregon Department of Education has decided that math education, you know, the math that took men and women to space and brought them back, uh, allegedly, in America is, wait for it, racist. Numbers are now racist. I just want everybody to make sure that you've got your uh, your your critical race theory indoctrination in place uh, when you're walking yeah. along with us. Well, <laughs> one ridiculous. of the reasons why the state of Oregon is thinking that way is because Bill and Melinda Gates are funding groups for the Northwest to promote this very idea. Yeah, we've we've made mention of Bill Gates here recently. Uh, you know, I think he I think he should be along with people like uh, David Rockefeller and George Soros as public enemy number one. They can just make all three of them number one, um, and deal with them the way we would any other real terrorist against the United States. But the problem is, is the real terrorists are those sitting up in D.C. They're the ones who are terrorizing the people, whether it be through COVID, whether it be through unlawful uh, legislation, whether it be through uh, whatever unconstitutional departments that they're heading or administrations that they've usurped uh, to get to. <clears throat> Not mentioning any names, but their initials are China Joe Biden. Um, you have things like that that go on and it's going to take the people, again, I don't want to leave people hopeless and helpless and gloom and doom because I don't believe any of that stuff. I believe that if the people would stand up, you know, Bradley and I were having a conversation yesterday, Lynn, and mm-hmm. we were talking and we were in agreement. It's like you get alone by yourself when you're, when you're just thinking about these things and you go, God, you did all this stuff for Moses. You took him to the Red Sea. You surrounded him with the armies of Egypt. There was nowhere to go, and you provided a way out. They walked across on dry land, and then they didn't even have to do anything. They just had to follow you through the Red Sea that was dry land. The water is on both sides. They get to the other side, and they don't have to turn around and fight their enemies. You destroy their enemies before their eyes by closing the water in. You did this for David. You 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 took him out a little you know, scrawny shepherd boy, I can just imagine him. You take him out against a nine-foot giant who's got the best armor of the day on, who's talking junk to the armies of God, who are cowering in their fear, and this little shepherd boy goes out, and he says, I come to you in the name of the Lord, and God intervenes, and he does. And it's like we're crying out to God, show yourself strong on behalf of your people. We we want to see the God of Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, David, Solomon, Moses, uh, Samson, you name them throughout the the halls of faith. We want to see you do something. So I don't want to leave people. We're showing you all this bad stuff. And indeed, it is bad. But in our country, folks, we are the solution for it. We are, not D.C., but we're the solution. But we have to get out of this mindset that a party is going to fix this. Or that that D.C., the corrupt D.C. politicians are going to correct themselves. They're not going to do it. And so we've got to do it. You say, how are we going to do that? Personally, I think you've got to start working it in at the local and state levels. I think you have to start dealing with the corrupt at the top at the local and state levels. And, you know, other this is my my personal opinion here. Other than dealing with D.C., 
Maybe what we should start doing is what Thomas Jefferson wrote in the Declaration of Independence and look at dissolving a government that has infringed upon our liberties. And I don't mean going and attacking D.C. I mean secession. You go, that's been tried, and look what happened to the South. Listen, that is a biblical response when you have, when, when you have a government that has become so corrupt that you can't fix it. You, you, the corruption is at every level in the federal government. And now it's time that the people should be looking at dissolving our affiliation state by the state with D.C. Let them have their debt. All those representatives that want all that money, all that unconstitutional spending, all this legislation, blah, 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 and they're pushing that, we cut their legs off from under them by removing ourselves from them. Now, that's just me. I, that's what I think. Uh, I, that's what our forefathers thought. And uh, obviously it's what the, the guys who formed the framed the Constitution and the Declaration of Independence thought because they saw it with Britain. And i got to tell you, Lynn, we, we as a people had more freedom under Great Britain and their tyranny than we do today. And yet we just, we just take it. We take it. We take it. Um, thank you, Lynn, for, for sharing all of this stuff with us. I hope people will be awake to what's going on here and they will start taking a, a stand against it uh, at the local level. I think that's, that's vitally important. And I always want to encourage parents. I understand the every student succeeds at is going through all this curriculum and stuff, but you know what? They don't know what you do in your house. And so teach your kids yourself. That's what you're commanded to do. Deuteronomy six, you're commanded to have the commands of God in your, in your heart and then teach them diligently to your children. So I encourage people to do that. Lynn, I want to give you time here right at the end of the show, last word, and also tell people where they can find out more about you, how they can support your work. Okay. Um, yes, we're having um, educratic overreach from the federal government, but you know these states that I've listed and that we will list next week and show you examples from. This is exactly what Tim is talking about: getting involved at the, the local and state level. I also want to point out one thing: when you were bringing up all the different uh, aspects of God saving these people throughout the Old Testament history you know, Jesus and all his followers through the New Testament, skin color was never the issue. You know, if you go back and you look at the different uh, tribes, they were different skin colors. If you go back and you look at some of the different um, people who were not uh, children of God, but were in the world, they were of different colors as well. God is a respecter of no person, which means he doesn't love. It doesn't mean that he doesn't love you, doesn't value you. What it means is he doesn't care what you look like. He cares what you believe. And with that said, you can find me on localactivist.org. That is a part of the Citizens for Free Speech organization. And with HR5 rearing its ugly head again about the Equality Act, we need to be exercising our free free speech because that will be taken away from us in that bill you can find me at usa.life mewe twitter you can find me on telegram spreely i'm on facebook common cordiva uh and parent u.s parent call to action you can find me on breaking news tv on amazon fire stick or roku stick i do need subscribers to my channel to help my audience grow because it's with this information that we give you on this show and through my blog that we can help equip you to fight at that state and local level. And yes, even at the federal level, because the more you know, the more you can go out and help save your family. And finally, my blog, commoncordiva.com. 
Amen. Uh, Lynn, one other thing, you know, you said God is interested in what we believe, and I just want to make sure people understand what that means. It doesn't mean that you just got it up here. It means what you do, because what you do is showing what you believe. So if you believe all of this stuff, you'll speak out against it. You'll you'll work to correct it. You'll work to, to curb it back. If you don't really believe it, but you say you believe it, then you won't do anything. It's like if you believe the car coming down the road is coming in your lane, you're going to make a maneuver to get out of the way. Otherwise, if you keep driving down that road, you really don't believe that car is in the lane that's going to hit you. So um, I just want to make sure people understand, because in the time of easy believism that's been preached by many preachers uh, for the gospel message, they've basically called people to believe or to live in unbelief who say they believe. And uh, we don't want to do that. We Belief right. determine, or re- results in action. And I think that's where we want people to go. Thank you, Lynn, for joining us today. We appreciate you very much and all of the information that you give. Thank you guys for hanging on with us the extra uh, 20 minutes or so that we've been here. We appreciate your support, too. Go to CommonCoreDiva.com. Support Lynn and uh, support the Sons of Liberty if you, if you believe in the message that we have. And uh, because we want to keep bringing you these kind of shows where we give you information to where you can act on it for the betterment of yourself and your posterity. With that said, 6 a.m. tomorrow, we'll be on, Lord willing. (laughs) See ya.